0: Hey there everybody, Bob Beatty Barr here, and welcome to episode 16 of the My Friends Are Amazing podcast. Speaking of amazing friends, one of mine uh, that was on the podcast in episode 4 reminded me last week that most people that listen to this podcast have not actually listened to the pilot, so they have no idea why I do this podcast, and he said that I should mention that before each episode. So there's two main reasons why I've done this podcast. One, I look at this as a way to document the amazing people I know in this life. And it's a celebration of their lives and the sharing of their amazingness for others to hear. Number two is kind of just like what I do with all my other social media. This is kind of like a a breadcrumb trail that I leave just in case, you know, if I ever become unable to remember all the stuff that I've done and all the amazing people that I've met in this life so far. So I just kind of use it as a As a reminder, as a journal, as something to go back and listen to and watch and enjoy. So same thing as all the rest of my social media. So before we get started with the actual podcast, let me share some quick news. Uh, For one, the podcast is finally on Spotify. So for all you Spotify listeners, just uh, search My Friends Are Amazing and hit that subscribe button. Uh, and other amazing podcast news, I'm excited to announce that the My Friends Are Amazing podcast will be joining the Fox Valley Voice Network. Uh, Fox Valley Voice Network is a local, uh, local to Batavia, kind of like a podcast network, but they probably branch out and do a bunch of other things too. But I just know that there's a bunch of local podcasts hosted on that network, and I'm excited to be part of that. So more details will be coming on that in the next few weeks as we get those solidified. So uh, moving right along, I'd like to introduce my guest on the podcast this week is the amazing Patrick Moynihan. Patrick is a lifelong creative, proud father, lucky husband, and dedicated community leader. He's the owner of Waveform LLC, located in Batavia, Illinois, and at Waveform, you can find Patrick uh, on any given day, producing an album, designing promotional materials, or editing a video uh, you might also even find him with a guitar in his hand performing for crowds or really just for himself in the studio We had a ton of fun talking music creativity, sound engineering, his approach to music uh, Just was a great, uh, great conversation I hope you all enjoy it and uh, there is a special treat at the end So hopefully you listen all the way to the end So let's get this thing rolling All right Hey, Pat. How's it going? What's going on, Bob? Not a whole lot. Just doing this uh, for the first time a little earlier than usual. I usually do these at night.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's sunshine out there, and it's actually really beautiful. I do like having a window.
0: Yeah, it really messes me up for video,
1: but... Well, you know. I get it. I, I have a tendency to break camera lenses as well, so it's just fine. <laughs> Faces for radio right here. Perfect for radio, absolutely.
0: All right, so I asked you to come on the show today because, you know, we cross paths a lot in our little community and, and, and share some resources as far as people that we know, and one mm-hmm. of them being my son, and... Also, a huge fan
1: of your music. Well, thanks, man. I uh, I'm grateful to be invited.
0: Oh, always. It's always my treat. Um, so I was hoping that we could share today with the people listening a little bit, um, about how you came to music. When you came to music, kind yeah. of. Uh, I know you do it for, as a performer, but also you do it as a full time job, recording as well.
1: Yeah, that's correct.
0: So. Let's start at the beginning. When did you first come to music?
1: So music has been literally woven into my genetics, right? So... Uh, And and I will back up. It was really art that has been woven into me. As a kid, as a a young child, as a student of art originally, I thought I was going to be a graphic artist only. So you started visual art. I did start visual art. So I loved pencil drawings. I used to draw. I thought I was going to be either an architect. I thought I might be a car designer. I was into these technical things, even as like... Seven, eight-year-old kid, I would just sit down and draw cars over and over and over. Imagine aerodynamics and and think about form and how might the interior of this thing feel, right? I I loved it. That's detail. Oh, I was was a freak for it, man. I loved it, loved it. And uh, the beauty of my family life was my brother, Jason, uh, seven years older than me, was already a very talented and accomplished saxophonist. And so I had music right in front of me. And it was like the music was fueling this other thing. I understood what he was doing and went, I don't want to be like Big Bro. Decided to play saxophone in the uh, elementary music program back in Niagara Falls, New York, where I grew up. And and that was a challenge. It's tough when your brother is seven years older than you at that elementary level. Because he was performing at a level that I sounded like a, a goose dying somewhere
0: oh wow so you were comparing right out the gate
1: immediately the perfectionist in me was was going well how come i don't play like that 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 was a failed thought process and and i understand now in in my adult life why mom and dad were like well maybe maybe trumpet or something not your brother playing right right. differentiate right and uh, that actually did happen. So, and it happened, of course, through my bro. I, I had the chance to grow and learn because Jay was right there mentoring the whole time. And what occurred was uh, Jay had a jazz group called the Elijah Trio. Uh, and, and it was something as he was crossing from high school into his college career at Berkeley Music. Uh, I decided to go to a jazz band rehearsal with him. And next thing you know, this bass player was there that I fell in love with, man. Greg Sherrill was his name, he was a Native American cat. Uh, from the Tuscarora Indian Reservation. And this dude was a mountain of a man and a <laughs> Jocko Pastorius freak. If you wanted Jocko, he could play it. So if any of you out there don't know who Jocko is, Weather Report uh, played with Joni Mitchell and some amazing pop recordings. Oh, wow. Uh, a, a laundry list of fusion in the 80s. And, and Greg, Greg was the embodiment of Jocko. I mean, he just, he had every feel, note, the even the imperfections were the same as Jocko. Oh wow, frankly. right. Now was
0: that like an an intentional homage kind of thing? Or oh just absolutely. like okay, okay yeah,
1: absolutely. He was obsessive over Jocko's playing style, what he did, and there's a famous story of how Jocko ripped the frets out of his base one time, uh, just grabbed players and started going to town. Greg decided to follow the same thing just because to go, well, maybe that will give me the sound, right? But I watched Greg play, and my mind was just blown by it. So that was your introduce- introduction to Stringed? At that point, I was like, so saxophone, what? <laughs> no, no more of that, man. And, uh, and what was really cool and amazing about the person that was Greg, he was such a giving and caring heart. He bought me my first bass. He saw the passion in me.
0: Oh, so you started on bass? Like you didn't get inspired to play guitar from him? Correct. Oh. Correct. Yeah, I'm.
1: I'm. You know, everybody sees me perform as a guitarist or right. a, a keyboard player yes. in the area. I'm a bass player, man. That's my instrument. I ah, so yeah, did main not thing. know that.
0: So when you play with, do you play bass sometimes with the bands that you
1: play uh, out with? Kinda. Yeah. Okay. I, it's strange because I I'm always the backup bass player because there seems to be a tendency people have seen my guitar and my piano work and went well I think we need that in the band and we just need somebody to thump on the low end so why don't we put you out front and do that and the next thing you know the bass player is not available well Pat you can play that too right (laughs) sure why not
0: Pat can you play that while you play keys yeah yeah that has become a problem (laughs) in
1: multiple cases so yeah man Greg gave me my first bass he bought helped me buy my first amplifier and I think back now to the the little bit of tutelage I received from him. I took lessons from Greg for a, maybe six-month or a year period. I have a very short attention span in general and, and <laughs> a seriously short one for music education. Really? I never loved lessons. I'm very self-taught, uh, to a fault, actually, in a lot of ways. And, and watching Greg play was all I needed. And then, of course, now as a bass player and Jay as a saxophonist, immediately Jay saw the opportunity. He went, well, dude...
0: Oh, so we've got most of a
1: band. A brother band. Yeah. So immediately, while Jay's studying music at Berkeley, I'm at home beginning to shred and learn how to play the bass. Jay took on the challenge then of I'm going to teach Patrick while I learn arranging and composition, I'm going to teach him music. Through a collegiate viewpoint, as right. So a you sixth were his. Grader. You were his guinea pig. Oh, as a sixth absolutely, <laughs> totally, man. I still am, man. And uh, and it was wild. Jay would come back from school and write arrangements for me just on the fly. Next thing you know, we're playing Stella by Starlight. We're playing these classic jazz tunes, right? And I'm learning how to understand music theory and structure by doing. Nice. Right? Not by by this educational focused. Here, take theory, absorb that. I don't believe in that. So it was a, it was a Jay Moynihan-provided Suzuki experience, right? And, dude, it, it, it shaped how I have understood music even to this day. Um, so, yeah, I, I performed on bass and, and got involved. I still remember the day because, of course, like every other young student, you have moments where it works and then moments where it doesn't. And I still remember the day that my jazz band director in middle school called me out and went, listen, dude, It's not working. I can tell you're not practicing. I can tell you're not improving. The moment. Yeah, the (laughs) moment. Oh, there was a pinnacle moment. And even now, I I still have conversations with my parents where they recognized it, where it was like, you kind of played, you were slightly interested, and then one day, you just went into your bedroom. And stayed there for four hours and all we heard was the same bass line. Ba-do,
2: ba-do, do, do, ba-do, do.
1: And that was because it was my solo. It was my spot to shine. And I sucked at it.
0: Now was that actually the bass line that you just
1: actually it was okay, a good portion right, of it. Yeah, right. <laughs> absolutely. Yes it was. <laughs> yes it was. Uh, and so dude, the next rehearsal. I went back and played it. I got an applause from the band. Our director immediately went, Yeah. Now you're thinking, you're working. I figured it out, and and the future was totally different. I dropped uh, visual arts in a in a moment. At that point, as a young person, I had had artwork that was displayed in gallery showings and was into oil painting because my grandmother had, had kind of infused that in there. Holy and, shit. Are you still... Do you still do any art ever? Uh, You know, I'm trying to find more of that in my life again. Okay. As I come back around the circle now. Obviously, my art is in... Through my business, through graphic design. So uh, Waveform does focus on audio as a primary focus, but we also do uh, print and video media work. So my Photoshop and Illustrator life, obviously, is my... Way right. to get that out. Right, that's staying in touch. But yeah. marketing work, business cards, brochures, uh, that stuff is rather structured and, and yeah. has purpose. It's not and, fine art, No, exactly, right. And so that's the part now that I'm going, okay, I have to return to that. Even if it is infusing my digital media and my understanding there with, with tangible, get my hands into paint again like I once did. Uh, I'm I'm trying to find a chance to get back to that because there was something amazingly uh relaxing and also great about not being perfect at it i wasn't brilliant at it right right so i just happened to
0: so do you get that relaxation from music also or do you think it's a different Hmm. kind of relaxation in the visual art
1: yeah so that uh as as the story keeps continuing so now flash forward to where we are uh i wrestle like so many other musicians do to enjoy music Right. Oh, so you have reached that stage. Right? I have reached that stage in some levels. And and it's it's in certain areas. I am I get so jazzed and so jacked up about being in the studio. I actually am recording uh tonight. We're beginning an album for uh Tony Padilla, the lead singer from Functional Family. Okay. I recorded their last record Way at Waveform and he uh he came to me over the winter going into the the beginning of the year and went, dude, I've got an acoustic, a solo album, I want to come back. And I'm so stoked to begin that. That music, that personal interaction, the studio experience, I'm over the moon about and and to a, a junkie status. So right?
0: that gives you more enjoyment than
1: playing? Uh, Well, on the flip, now I've, this year I've tried to perform again. I've put, from a from a business perspective, I've put music performance to the side because of the economics of it. Right. right, I I have to that pay doesn't it. pay the bills. No, I have to pay attention to what keeps waveforms still existing and afloat and lights on Any and shoes on your kids. Yeah, yeah. It turns out they really like those. <laughs> Although maybe not Levi so much right now as he tries yeah. to learn to walk. Separate issue. <laughs> <laughs> but I I have put uh I've put recording before performance for that purpose now i've gotten the chance to put a little performance back in my life and i'm loving that what i don't love about music what i struggle with is i can't just go randomly see a bar band and enjoy my night i am that an- person that sits there and analyzes way too much
0: but you're analyzing not only the musicians but you're analyzing the production quality of the show too
1: everything <laughs> I, I i can't i can't deal with all that notes out of tune the pa is clearly not rung out right it's sound way guy's way too loud. In sound here. guy's way too drunk. And yeah, and in ge- well, that's me. Keep that easy now. Uh, <laughs> in general, I become that person who's like, you know what? I'd rather go to a restaurant that doesn't have music because I'd rather not shout over it tonight.
0: Wow, that's rough. Isn't that weird? That, man? Yeah, it's
1: so backwards. It's so backwards.
0: You know, I'm so glad I'm not so good at anything that I I've never reached that state of anything of enjoyment that's awesome
1: (laughs) yeah it's it's really that that part of it is is strangely confusing to me right now where i'm trying to enjoy i'm a spotify junkie i hate to admit it uh i want i want artists to receive more than their one-third of a cent when i hit the play button uh and i'm like so many other people i can be diverse in my listening and just instantaneously think i want to hear that push the button go i've got it And that I'm loving right now. I have as many people. So if you're out there listening, it's waveform.audio at comcast.net. Send me music recommendations because I love that. Oh, so you just love people. Hey, check this guy out. Yeah, if you have something you dig, I'll probably dig it. Send it to me. I'd love to grow as to what you dig. I want to dig. And I'll sometimes I find I don't.
0: But I'll put that in the show notes too, so people have that link. Yeah, that's, yes, that's awesome. Right,
1: cool. Please do. I, I I love learning what other people are into musically. Almost now in a way where I don't I don't listen to the same things over and over ever. I'm just always absorbing and trying to catch new stuff, and that's too that's too cool. That's super. See, fun.
0: and I think that's got to be part of that whole uh, short attention span thing. Oh, yeah, too. yeah. Well, you, and the
1: caffeine doesn't help that either.
0: I use music. And so I listen to the lot of same stuff over and over again because it allows my brain to slide into a pattern. Right. So that's right. interesting.
1: And it's it's strange for me anyways with music as the focus of the rest of my vocation. Uh, that is not the pattern that I, I... I can't relax with that, right? I just don't. My mind immediately gets into, well, if I recorded that, <laughs> here's how I would do it. Or right. if I performed that, man, all right, let me think about this. Now what key is it for me? Should I play it on guitar or keys? who would sing this would i sing this or would somebody else right wow. so that that has distracted the the personal enjoyment of music now on the flip i i get into that mode and i become a, a machine a machine hours disappear in waveform okay
0: they just go away so you do get some kind of like deep enjoyment and oh, lose yourself in it kind absolutely. of absolutely okay.
1: okay. right. oh huge yeah i'm not saying that i don't enjoy music i love music i live eat sleep breathe music every single bit of myself but it is that it's that part of creation and recording and capture and helping in in the studio as a producer how do i set an environment where an artist can relax and they can get to that space of just unleashing and just being there. And my goal is to to create and cultivate that
0: environment. You give them the padding, the safety net, the instruction, and you say, just go for it because I'll catch you.
1: Exactly. And and like we talked about here up front, the record button is always on. (laughs) It's always on. Oh, yeah, because magic can happen when... Absolutely. You're not worried about it. You're practicing. You're just loosening up, and those are the greatest takes. Those are brilliant. Those are awesome, and, and 19 takes in, you've grounded into the, the right. earth. It's like, all right, hold on, stop. Take a breather. Let's go walk around for you're, a while.
0: You're slowly taking everything out of it that makes it a human piece Absolutely. instead of Well, the and machine. that is a
1: danger of what we do with production now, right? We're so capable on a computer. What I can do in my 1,500 square feet, my tiny little studio, which seems massive to me. Uh, of course, yes. <laughs> this this is certainly a tinier studio. I would concur with that. But it's an awesome studio, uh, and we'll talk about that in a second too. Because there's something amazing about not being in a clinical environment like a professional studio. Oh sure, right?
0: Oh yeah, that's why some artists like you know find a an ice cream shop or whatever the heck or an old church. And exactly. Do that it's a
1: closet that I just happen to be able to feel completely free in, and it's not a clock on the wall going, "Whoa, well, boy, we got to be done by." by X amount of time because the next session's coming in or whatever. Those things go away, and you can just naturally breathe your music. That's awesome. That's why I actually prefer for myself to record and produce at home in a weird
2: way.
0: So do you have a space at the house for that? Or uh, I it- have.
1: So we live in a townhouse, and I have a corner. My office is the corner. Behind me is the couch and the TV surrounding and kids' toys everywhere. So it is an open space. It is an but open space. It's a corner space. of an open space. Yeah, it is the corner of an open space. Uh, and so it's often daytime when mama and the kids are gone or late night when I'm plugged in and just in my own headphone headset. Yeah. 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 Which is really cool. I prefer that in, in such a way where I go to the studio and I love everything I have over there available and the tools are just, they seem endless and so are the possibilities. Right. And now you go, well, where should I start? Or where should you, I go? Yeah. You get stuck <laughs> in all that opportunity and you're like, no, 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 wait get back to what this is where's the song what am i trying to say if it's a lyrical thing or how am i emotionally trying to affect someone and now let's go back to that
0: take the hammer take the chisel and carve the block of
2: rock yeah
1: i don't i don't i don't need all the power tools i'd rather just get down to it let's go right which is really cool that's fun man it's it's it is a privilege to be able to interact with people musically when they bring their music to me that's a gift that is a humbling thing yeah
0: that's pretty crazy i never even thought of it that way like people are coming to you with their their babies basically this
1: is the most important thing in their lives and and many of them many of the people i work with in in a studio like mine a project studio um you're you're working with people who are day jobbers whether they're contractors during the day or they're sitting in an office getting a fluorescent tan that whole vibe (laughs) right The end of the day, this is the paramount thing. I have something I want to bring to the world. Right, that's the thing that makes them a person. Yeah, and and to be able to interact with them and help mold and see, you know, the strengths in it and then shore up the weaknesses. That's insanely cool,
0: man. And sometimes you're probably just you know giving them that little that little hint of advice where they you know, make it that thing that they never thought it could be. Absolutely. And, God, that's got to be amazing. How
1: many artists need the encouragement? They they look at it and go, oh, it's this, it's that, I'm, I've got so much to do. Yet for me as a, an external person, I can observe it and go, what? You're missing all the areas that glow. And ironically, of course, <laughs> in my own performance, I will be my worst critic and everybody else comes over, dude, how'd you do that?
0: Yeah, we we're totally gonna get to the dude. How'd you do that? Uh, <laughs> cannot let that uh, cannot let that slip away. Uh, but I want to get back to so since we've been talking about the studio and the recording, yeah. like yeah. how did where did that transition come from? Pat as a musician to Pat as a recording artist, yeah, or Pat sure. as a studio as record engineer, producer, yeah. all of that. Yeah.
1: Sure, uh, that also starts young. Right, my brother and I. Again, a lot of what you're going to hear musically stems from my brother and I. And what's really neat about now in our adult life, we are trying to work on more of my brother and I again. So we'll talk oh, about that. Oh, very too. cool. All That's right. really yes. neat, man. There's a lot coming. We'll put there. a pin in that. Yeah, yes. keep that one on the back burner. Uh, it was a four-track cassette-based Tascam recorder. Heck yeah, it was. Yeah, man, <laughs> sitting with a, a microphone cable stretched all the way to my mom and dad's walk-in closet. Uh, it was a terrible microphone. It that wasn't was booth. good. That was the booth, man. <laughs> we were like, we've got fabric. There's clothes. It sounds kind of dead. That's a studio, sweet. And recording my bro's first demo for him. Right, he had finished college. We moved to Chicago. I was advancing in my musical understanding and 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 experience. He was now doing it professionally or at least we called it professionally. Hey, if, did he get paid? Uh, well, he, probably not, <laughs> no. But there was beer, we'll go, and boy, that that's was payment. enough. That that's was payment. payment. Yeah, unfortunately. In that our, makes him a pro. In our environment, yes, that totally was. Dude, that was the beginning. That was the moment that recording started, and how could we take these three channels and mix them and bounce them down to one. And now we need to get two more things in and we're going to bounce those over. And...
0: and before, before the cassette tape wore too thin yeah, and everything exactly. bled through,
1: making copies of it just to be able to have a backup and work over here and then come back to that one. Oh, it was awesome. The dude. analog days of Lord. Hey man. And we were big time. We had metal tape, brother. Oh, that was the real deal. Lasted longer. Oh yeah, man. We got serious. <laughs> I still have that four track by the way, and a, a bucket of cassettes. And it, it still works. Uh, Sometimes you have to <laughs> you have to treat it nicely. You have to talk nice to it. Yeah, exactly. So that was the beginning for me when I really understood it as a part of my life and and hopefully a future vocation. Uh, my junior and senior years of high school, I was performing a lot as a. And your high school was Batavia High School, of course, Go my Bulldogs. hometown. And, Go Bulldogs! Oh, all the way, baby! <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that's probably something we should talk about too. This city. How it has worked its way back into my life like this is all because of those experiences. All right, right, so you were in. So we were Niagara uh, Falls. Yeah, when we had we were here in in Batavia now. Okay, at this point, and uh, I was in a band called Pocket Change. That was my high school band.
0: I have heard of Pocket
1: Change. Oh, that's dangerous. If anybody is interested, we have around. 450 CDs still available. You can't find them online, but I'd be glad to uh, not let you have one, I swear. No, they're great, man. They're awesome. They're like looking at naked baby pictures, right? It's it's a Polaroid moment of who I was and who we were musically at that point. So uh, in this exact neighborhood we're in right now, a buddy had let me record in his living room. And he had what I thought was the most advanced recording gear. At no the time. shit on Elm Street. Uh, it was actually on Morton. Oh,
0: okay. So, so just around over. the
1: corner. One over. Yeah. Just around the corner, but close enough, man. Who'd have thunk that in the end, my studio would end up in the same neighborhood yeah, that's too. Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Foreshadowing. I never saw coming. But Ed let me record on his ADATs. He had a Mackie oh, 8 yeah. bus and he had a pair of eight dats that were, wow, we've got 16 channels, dude. Think about the album. We could record Dark Sides on 16 channels. That D is for digital. Yeah, baby. Yeah, they <laughs> sounded terrible, by the way. If you have ADATs, please find another recording medium. I swear there's new things out there. They're great. Uh, so, dude, we recorded in one month an album and we became like the high school rock stars, right? We had an album release. We had to actually fund it. We had somebody who was gracious enough to to say, you know what, I believe in what you did. We wrote up a business plan and presented it. Cool. We'll front the money for you. God, And CD replication cost a mountain of money back then. Oh, it was insane. (laughs) And we went over the top. We were fantastic. We had the clear CD case and the the wrapping and the sticker on it. And I still remember it says something goofy like, soon to be hits, (laughs) you know. It was awesome. It was great. But... We sold uh, a number of albums quickly, and we were able to pay off our loan immediately. So it did pay for itself. Yeah, Immediately, yeah, nice. which was awesome. The business plan was start to finish right there. We paid our loan off in advance of what our deadline was. And, and dude, we had this release experience in the Batavia Teen Center at that point.
0: Oh, yeah, it across was, the river.
1: Yeah, I still remember breaking into the Batavia High School to steal lighting from them. <laughs> They never knew about that, and they never—oh, wait, they will. Sorry about that. (laughs) Only about seven
0: people listen, so— Yeah, it's
1: cool. No problem. (laughs) (laughs) And actually, I think we might be two of those seven. Yes. Uh, Yeah, we stole lighting from the high school to have our show, and and we, we had a backdrop made, and it was like this mountaintop experience, right? That is very
0: impressive for a group of high school kids It back
1: was awesome. Then. Yeah, exactly. Now I think about it, and I see high school students launching music careers with one video, and I believe that they're significantly more talented than I'll ever be. <laughs> so uh, it was really cool, man. It was an amazing experience in that moment. I knew I was beginning to head off to Northern for a uh, degree in music performance, and I knew that was not what I wanted to do to the point that I, I believe I still remember arguing with my folks about it in advance, going, this is not where I should be. I don't think I should be going into this college career. It was like, well, you've got a great scholarship. Give it a shot. See where you're at. Uh, and dude, I gave it a shot. And within that first year, I knew and, and left the school early.
0: So you went to NIU. I did. I was studying college did jazz you commute? performance. Did I you commute sk- or did you live on campus?
1: I commuted. Okay. I commuted, yeah, although there were some people. It yeah, did suck. Yeah, that was terrible. Go to school. If you're going to school, go to school. Although I did find myself kind of living on campus anyway. Sure, because it's easier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I found places to live. And, uh, and dude, I understood what it was about, but it wasn't the right environment for me. I had one of my music teachers here at Batavia tell me straight out, you're not going to dig this. I know who you are. I understand your music background, that self-taught formation. I don't think you're going to enjoy what their structure oh, yeah, their program is. Oh, way too many is. rules. Oh, absolutely. I still remember music theory and wrestling in the second music theory with why do I have to write the composition with those rules? There are, well, significantly more important things that I can say musically outside them. You're missing the point, Moynihan. You're <laughs> trying to learn and have a foundation and think there right. and grow.
0: You can color outside the lines after we show you where the
1: lines
2: yeah, are. Yeah, let me let me
1: put some lines on the page so you can color on them, right? So I left there actually in my second semester, uh, decided that this wasn't the right thing. Uh, a very dear friend, Frank Pampanella at PM Music Center, who I oh, had, yeah. had worked with and, and for for many, many years from like my eighth grade year on. Gave me a job back and I started working over there at the shop in, in Naperville and immediately began building a recording studio, which was already underway in my folks' place. So, mom and dad were incredible. Uh, and my dad, gosh, I can't tell you how many nights that dude went down into our basement to just keep grinding. Long, hard work. And yeah, we, we okay. built uh, two rooms down in the basement, tiny. Little tiny bedroom uh, type space, maybe 10 by 10 or 10 by 12, and a control room that was even half that. Window between, and dude, dad put so much sweat equity in for me, right? It was, he knew where my passion was. He saw it and went, all right, well, if that's the dream, you do the part of going to school, follow that, and I'll help you build the other part at home. So commuting was purposeful, too, let's be clear. <laughs> I understood I had a recording studio coming together right. in a basement, so I was like, well...
0: So how did it go when you decided that the NIU thing wasn't going to work out? Was Dad already done with the basement at that point?
1: Uh, I think at that point the studio was finished or nearly finished, if I can put the timeline together. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a rough call, man. I was in a practice room, and I just finally was like, I'm done. I know I'm done. And they knew I was done. The the thought was, survive year one, and let's talk.
0: And obviously they're cool with it because – I'm still thinking they're they're pretty much like you.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As it turns out, they're still amazingly supportive, right? And, and they believe in my business, and they believe in what I'm going to do now today, and they did from day one. What they maybe didn't believe in was the idea of, eh, forget it. Let's get in a van and tour the country, and let's just see what happens, which— And did you do that? No, oh, okay. no, no. There was a part of my mind that thought that was what the future would be. Uh, I miss that idea and opportunity, and at the same time, I I watch so many people doing it, and I feel really really bad for them. That's a tough life. That's man. the grind. That is the grind. That's sleeping on floors. That's trying to do home shows for whatever donations show up. Playing clubs that don't care. They just. I'm glad you're here. Now quiet down, right? And that typical musician's jaded experience, man. And. Uh, and I don't honestly think nowadays that's how music is is spread. I don't think that's how musical careers are born anymore. I feel like we're seeing less and less of that too, right?
0: Absolutely,
1: absolutely.
0: But apparently, the only way they make money these days is if they tour. But I guess you got to have a, you got to have something out there to tour with. Though.
1: Yeah, there's 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 a a being established is an important thing to get to that. Um, otherwise, the funding just frankly isn't there, right? The stories of bands going on the road and. You play the club, and hey, the night wasn't so good, and so instead of five hundred, I've got a buck fifty. What are you gonna do, man? Right, that's not even gas money to get there. No, no. What are you gonna do besides sleep in the van and hope your gear doesn't get stolen yeah, tonight? Yeah, right? exactly. So I, 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 dude, I was in this tiny little studio, and in five years, I recorded ninety records, demos, uh, EPs. All sorts of cool stuff. Like your stuff or other people? This was for other people. Okay. Yep. So immediately, you know, going into the vocation part of this, when I knew that this was what I was supposed to do with my life, at that point, I really didn't have the recording experience I needed. So you were building up the resume. But exactly. And and that was my grind. That was going on the road, was going down into the basement and living in the cave and just learning. And, and of course I was recording for myself amongst that practicing. And,
2: sure. Yeah, exactly.
1: That was the demo it out. Well, what does the mic sound like? If I put it there, does it sound like? If I put it over there, how do I make this, um, how do I make this audio thing actually be emotional? Cause stereo audio can be totally flat yep. and can be so sterile. If, if you approach it that way inside yourself and that was for me the the realization. It's not about the room. It's not about the gear. It's about how I show up as a person and and interact with the recording medium, whatever it is cassette, CD. You know, in in the future, how it's going to be recorded to the the great universal brain, man. <laughs> exactly. You know that that comes from emotional, uh, just getting it out right expression and and that was the moment where I went, dude, I think that's the exciting thing, so I don't consider myself the greatest engineer, but i I do believe I'm a passionate and and supportive producer,
0: all right, so this is a tangent, but since you brought that up just now, so what is the one recorded thing that you've done that you're like most proud of so far? oh boy, like your your painting your favorite painting,
1: oh man, so that uh. That's a loaded question. It really is. There are things that have never seen the light of day that I'm super proud of.
0: Oh, cool. And
1: yet, no one has ever had the chance to hear it. Right,
0: but you're proud of it for you.
1: Yeah. And that's totally fine. Yeah, yeah. These are demos, and these are, are, are experiments in audio. Those are things I'm passionate about. Of course, I, I will pump and, and, and say I'm super proud of the last recording I did with Greg Berner. Uh, Greg's last record, Solid Sender, was recorded at Waveform, and it, and it took a while. It was a labor of love for Greg, and and it was a continued growth for me as a producer. What's his?
0: I, I got to check this out because I'm so used to his live, and I love it because it's so naked, right? You know? and right. so recording studio that could be interesting, especially since you say it took a long time.
1: Well, it did, and it took a while. Given application of self, it took a while. We interrupted our own project by recording some other people and and, and Greg producing while I, I recorded and, and kind of a shared thing there.
0: Did he do something different artistically or huge he... diversion? Oh in a lot really? Of few oh, okay, points. then I yeah. gotta listen. Yeah.
1: So to Greg, this stuff. if if you know Greg Burner and his amazing solo performance style, he has a really unique finger picking kind of vibe and style, and you can hear the entire band out of an acoustic in him himself. Yeah. Right. Uh, on the flip. His desire was to say, how do I take some of the skill set? And it was really neat because he validated things I was doing as an upright bassist, as uh, a, a keyboard player. And in particular, we focused on the Fender Rhodes. I have a really cool 77 Rhodes stage piano. Okay. And...
0: So he recorded full band, not his exactly. standard. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. We produced an, gotcha. an
1: album. And there's, of course, there's some stuff that w- that still is very recognizable as Greg's live experience, right? Yeah. Um, and, and we did that intentionally. We didn't pick, want to lose
0: that. Pick thump stomp.
1: Pick yeah, thump, stomp. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but on the flip, he was like, dude, I need to get out of that shell, and I'd like to produce something deeper, and I hear a voice in what you're doing that I really dig. His The acoustics on his voice are just insane. Oh, they're awesome. They're awesome. And as it turns out, he's a killer and super strange voiceover actor, which we used in a couple of other recordings. So... Separate issue. We'll talk more about that you know. some other time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of albums that haven't seen the light of day, right? Nice. Uh, so yeah, I'm super proud of that project. It was. It's received some really great critical acclaim. Uh, just our, our scene and, and the people around the Fox Valley have responded, of course, very positively to it. And I know Greg is super excited as he continues to build his career now in Nashville to take that as, as a new journey. Is he down there? He is, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he wow. followed his heart and followed love. Not not music first, but but following the soul and fell in love with a, a beautiful and lovely woman down there and um and has followed that dream. And now he gets to call Nashville his home and, and for all the right reasons in my opinion. Good for him. To not pursue just I'm gonna go be the big songwriter right, right. or the next big voice. No. I'm gonna go and follow my heart and and do something different and, and Yeah, I get to be in a killer music scene while I do that. So all the best of luck for for GB. What up, GB? How you doing, buddy? (laughs) (laughs) See, I'm super proud of that project, of course. Um, Very cool. I have some things that are on the docket that are going to keep coming out. One of the things, and I'll say it on this podcast because it will make it real and then I have to make it happen. I recorded a a couple years ago at Kiss the Sky uh, a record around the theme of songs we loved when we were kids. And that included a laundry list of artists from the Fox Valley.
0: That never made the light of day? That hasn't made the light of day yet,
1: but it will. Because you
0: guys recorded that live, too, right? Yeah, exactly. We
1: picked up the studio, we moved it down to Kiss the Sky Records, and, and Steve welcomed the idea of you know, every artist picking songs that really meant something to them and helped form their musical future, right? And so then we we brought them in for live recording experiences, kind of a live studio thing. So everything was close-miked, yet there was still a a we want to speak this now and capture it. And
0: it was open, right, to it, the public? It, yeah, I, I thought was. I went down it for was. some of those.
1: Yeah, it was really cool. It was a great. Day. And there's some amazing tracks there, and the artists who are involved have invested their soul so deeply. So uh, it has not seen the light of day, given the the f- some of the ways life gets in the way, and, and beautifully. Since then, we've had another child. <laughs> Levi was born a year ago already. Gosh, but that went that, fast. Yeah, it did, man. How about it? Uh, so that, that happened. In the midst of it, Steve, it had a few health complications in, in the same year we recorded it. So that was our initial... We're going to take a pause, and, and I'll be completely honest, it sits now on my desk. So if I don't make it happen, then it's, it's on my back. But So is this a thing
0: where we, you would bring some of the musicians back in to do some cleanup on things, or are you just going to...
2: I really I think
1: out. the intention is is to, you know, warts and all, man. Yeah, that's what let I it, think. Let it live let be as recording. it was. Yeah. And, and so now the snapshot is starting to get a little older. You know, we're we're going to be three years this summer, and, and I can't let that go any longer. I want to get this thing out. This right, needs but to since speak.
0: they were playing inspirational songs, that's pretty timeless.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. These are not, and, and it was diverse musically, which was cool. Uh, but these are not, you know, nobody came in with Katy Perry, brother. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, so I think we're going to be okay on that one. The tunes will resonate and they will, like you said, last the generations, which is neat, man. Um, and I'm super proud of the recording that we did. Joshua, your son who had been interning with me around that time. Yeah. Period, I
0: say he was pretty young at it then. He
1: was, he was fresh. He was green. And, and I threw him in the deep end of the pool where there were moments where I'd either be on the stage performing myself or would have to wander around and go, I need to clear my mind a little bit. Don't mess up, dude. Hit the hit the button when it's time. <laughs> uh, which one?
0: <laughs> I swear, one of my proudest moments uh, was that couple weekends ago when you were playing after you guys did the gala gig. Yeah. And the guys that kissed the sky were like, hey, uh... Josh, can you show us how to use the use the board here? Something about reverb. And I was like, no way, those guys, those sound guys are asking my kid. Yeah, and those are talented cats too, man. So. So I was that was a very proud Papa moment.
1: Absolutely, man. Yeah. So it it's um it's gonna be a great record when it comes out. It's our intention that it's released on vinyl. Uh, obviously kiss the sky being a, a one of the few independent and boutique record shops still in the country that that has that heart and soul to put it out on vinyl we're gonna follow that so so
0: do you get involved in the distribution production or just the studio production
1: uh
2: yeah so that's that's kind of a,
1: a graying area for me these days which is is really cool and exciting about my business right so that particular record um, Steve and I do intend to release the thing locally uh, and to try to spread it around a few other record shops in, in the country, there's some debate there about, well, does anybody care in those record shops? Because they're not the musicians in their scene doing something really cool. It's just yeah, a record.
0: A record for record shops is probably
1: something that
0: could be, you know,
1: kind exactly. Of novel. I think that's something that could be really grabbed onto by a lot of other places where people go, man... These are not the big dudes, but check out these tunes and check out what they did. And it could be replicated in those other neighborhoods where there's independent record shops. Absolutely, man. So I I believe it's important that it not only stays here locally, but also gets more of a a diverse um, kind of distribution and otherwise. I look forward to it being on CD as well. Uh, And I actually support the idea that it makes itself out onto... Places like iTunes and Spotify and otherwise. That, that is one thing about our, our current industry, that if you are not diverse about your distribution right. model, it's great that you have them off the stage, man, but, but how many people will you see tonight? you, you got to be aware of how people interact with the arts now, and it's different today than it was when I started playing music professionally 20 years ago.
0: Right. It's much more multi than single.
1: Absolutely. Sure. So I believe in it being a diverse thing, and, and I don't know if Steve would agree on on when I say Steve. I mean Steve Warren Feltz, the owner of Kiss the Sky and uh, the president of the Fox Valley Music Foundation. Uh, I don't know if he would agree about the electronic distribution or not, because let's be real. There's there's a challenge to what his business model is, and, and he's well aware of that. Sure. He's, he's the one to preach to the choir that they live in a dinosaur's kind of methodology, but it's an important one because there's community forming in those walls. You're not going to form community on iTunes, dude. You're not forming community through Spotify. Right. Unless you know how to utilize social media in the right ways to draw people together and interact.
0: Yeah, but you're still not, I mean, like coming down to see you play a couple Saturdays ago. Sure. What a great way to start a Saturday morning, you know, just 20, 30 people chilling out in a record store, getting some live music that's totally set the tone for the weekend
1: yeah that's an incredible thing that we're losing by the moment and so. i can't
0: hang out on spotify with human beings and enjoy a live exactly acoustic set,
1: so even all the conversation that you might be able to have with major artists who who will sit there on the other end of the keyboard that's awesome yeah but it's still but it's, the same i was gonna say it's cold it's sterile it's separated it's alone still even though you're wired together. So anyways, I think there's still a place for it. And and depending on the community, it can thrive beyond belief, right? So yeah, I look forward to that record seeing the light of day. That's going to be an awesome thing, man. Songs we loved when we were kids.
0: Technical question. Yeah. So do you create a different master if it's going to vinyl oh, and if yeah. it's going to, so for every distribution medium
1: every medium have... now and and I do mastering at Waveform that's a kind of a black art of audio so I will master both the projects I record as well as I'm open to mastering projects I don't record that are recorded at other studios but the mastering process that means taking the stereo mix down from either your analog source or your DAW, your digital audio workstation, uh, and taking that stereo file and now prepping it for um, a consistent volume across the whole product, full and and, um, brilliant EQ, right? So good low end, strong mid-range, but not overwhelming, bright top end without an insane sibilance. (laughs) Sibilance. (laughs) right and so the the volume wars is really what that's about and i'm actually super stoked that the digital medium uh kind of the distribution areas right spotify youtube a lot of those places where media music is being put out now in digital media they've gotten over the idea that it has to just be jacked that it's super loud right if you take a look at audio from the early 2000s on cd rip it into uh, wave lab or audition or pro tools it's a block <laughs> it might be the most beautiful jazz piece and and chill and quiet and it's this monstrous wave in front of you it's ugly it's straining on the ears it takes something that's soft and subtle and and makes it abusive to listen right to. uh and so the loudness wars are going the other way and vinyl is one method where you just can't physically do it the groove, as small as it is, as, as infinitely small as it is, cannot handle yep, that limited, type of amplitude.
0: Yep, limited amount of data.
1: And yeah, you're going to start to see, and, and that's an area that I'm continuing to grow, in particular vinyl mastering, but that's an area where you're going to see uh, your needle do things that are totally unexpected to the point of if it's mastered incorrectly, it can actually be completely out of phase, jump, lift, or do other stuff that's just not right. Um, digital stuff, certainly easier to get away with, but in the end, There is nothing beyond zero. After that, it's just nasty. It's a smack. It's a clip. Uh, It's brutal. It's not warm like analog. Analog loves to break up and to saturate. And uh, digital will not be that forgiving. (laughs) So I've gotten really intense now in my life trying to understand how do I mix without. It's like my latest growing and, and, and point of challenge to myself as an engineer. I think a lot of us who have digital workstations kind of have a master section. So that master fader that's set with an EQ and a compressor and, and a limiter and that stuff that's there to kind of help gloss up what we're doing. In my life now, all of that's constantly shut off and I think a lot of engineers would agree with this. Shut it off and get the source material The closest you can get before that comes back in.
0: Josh and I were playing around with this before you came by today, and totally we were tweaking some stuff. And I I turned it all off, and I'm like, "Wait a minute, I think I like it better like this." And I said, "Throw the headset on." He goes, "Yeah, this would actually work." So, right, Right. I might be taking off all my little sparkles, simple, stupid,
1: right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, man. And and there's there's a place for all of that. It still makes its way into every recording. Uh, but sometimes keeping it raw and simple. That's something about Greg's project that I really appreciate and really love. Greg continued to challenge me to say I, I like things mono, I like right. things Less. down the middle. Yeah. I'd rather not put nineteen plugins into that signal path. I'd rather just get the microphone in the right spot, which matters, dude. Matters a ton. So if your if your sound sucks, Go move the microphone around. Look for that spot and use your ears, man. Yep. Place yourself in the position to hear it properly. Yeah, and I gotta, then re-analyze. I got to improve my rig,
0: So you had a set of headphones too, but you don't.
1: Know. Uh, that's okay. I don't have headphones, and I would have asked to not wear them anyhow. Oh, so. perfect. I, I I am a more of a monitor kind of guy anyway. So uh, yeah, dude, it's 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 an important thing now to to take a look at mastering as a part of the process, but to not get comfy leaning onto it. So I'm, I'm trying to challenge myself there right now to say, get the best microphone position. Don't be lazy. Or Interesting. Or, or, and there's this piece, okay, so as a professional studio, uh, the clock is ticking. So my clients <laughs> do come in and have a budget. Time is definitely money in yeah, the studio. Yeah, and, and, and I want to be clear that I want to value that dollar. Uh, I want to give them the best product I can for what they can afford and not to say that we make creative decisions based on money that's not the case at all but there are moments where and and this happens in live that's what i like about live music a lot dude if you're if you're on a live stage the band starts in five minutes so does the mic work or not let's just start there yeah there's something really vital about the line (laughs) check man and after that what's it sound like well shoot i don't know man but let's just crank it up and figure it out later step one (laughs) yeah exactly and so that's kind of that does happen in the studio right there are moments where we only have two hours today to get this track and we have to have the track um and you know what you make the most of what you have available and Uh, I do continue to go back to with that. It's not about only the space. It's not only about the gear. It's about how you emotionally speak. Right? So some of the crappiest recordings I've heard from a technical viewpoint are the greatest things to listen to. Because it was just a cheap microphone and a boom box, and dude, all of a sudden it just sounds right. great, super raw, yeah, super,
0: super emotional.
1: Yeah, I've, I've, I can't tell you how many times I've had people come in and go, dude, this sounds really great. Can you make it sound worse? <laughs> <laughs> what too, do you mean? Too clean? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's dirty awesome. it up. Yeah, yeah, and and a lot of you know my plugins, for instance. I wish I had racks full of of vintage gear. I don't. But my plug-in purchases and my my selections there are all emulations of old-school stuff and things that can add character and dirt, and and how do you use different ones in different cases to to let that speak how it should.
0: So are you afraid to introduce that actual vintage equipment?
1: Because of the sickness, uh, my accountant is is afraid yes. of it. Um, <laughs> like
0: if you buy one piece, would you just be like, "Oh no, I have
1: to buy them all"? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah the sickness
0: yeah. is it's the musician's sickness. As it I is refer real. To
1: it. That struggle's real. Uh, I am. I'm fully supportive of and and I think it's probably because of the the scale of my particular environment. I'm fully supportive of things like the Warm Audio products where it's an emulation of a vintage piece of gear. Right. And I certainly would love to buy the $4000 one, but the $500 one gets me 85-90% right. of the way there. And we're seeing time and time again now how modern technology and manufacturing can provide that experience on a budget well you don't have any
0: shortage of gear at the studio and it's a very impressive collection if
1: you keep talking like that my wife is gonna find out dude <laughs> keep it cool keep it cool well i
0: just meant like the the wall sockets you've oh. quite an impressive collection of wall sockets yeah yeah That's yeah what I meant. yeah
1: absolutely there's <laughs> lots of lots of ac around no i i do have a gear addiction all uh, musicians do yeah why not man there's probably 35 40 guitars and basses uh, my, my latest addiction is I have a 1956 Hammond M3 organ. You have mentioned keys, so... Oh, oh And it actually has uh, added onto it the Leslie Connection Kit and a Leslie. It's a solid-state Leslie, so I'm still working on that. But, dude, there's nothing Wait, like...
0: Wait, so you're rehabbing
1: the solid-state, or...? Well, I I, I have a, uh, an opportunity through uh, another super-talented tech, uh, a cat, Bruce Breckenfeld, who... Um, his main gig, his real technical engineering role, is at CRC, Chicago Recording Company, Oh, cool! as one of their head technical engineers. And, and Bruce came out to kind of help me get the M3 up to spec, and he had some incredible ideas about, well, if we cut this off, we can put in a, you've got a two-speeder here, so we can put in a tube amp, an actual Hammond amp, and get the grind we want, and we could put a horn up top, and amazing to lean into somebody like that that is so experienced so knowledgeable and go yes let's do it
0: well plus he's got to pass that on to somebody or it's gonna die
1: it 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 is dying right we're in a consumer life i can buy the warm audio piece of gear and and if it fails well it wasn't a 500 thousand dollar piece of gear it was 500 man we can just go grab another one for now but the cool thing about that older stuff is is because it is solid
0: state and has so many fewer moving parts You're just if you know the right
1: right well whether it's tube or solid state man uh it can be continued it can continue forever right that hammond that i just bought it's a 56 uh, That's i don't see five years old yeah man and i don't see it stopping for another 75 if not more <laughs> you know it's just a beast and it sounds so good and there are imperfections. There are notes that are a little sketchy. Yep. There's a couple of draw bars that you really got to work in. And I'm sure over time they'll open up or maybe they'll change in negative ways. Actually, he, he gave me a really cool technique. My my vibrato uh, unit in it had, had stopped working. It was doing this really weird palsy wah, 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 thing. Immediately, oh, I know exactly what that is. And he starts going down this whole line about how zinc has been deposited on the fingers that make this thing work. And you need to shock it to get the zinc to come off exactly you're basically (laughs) burning this stuff off because it's shorting itself out and he gave me a few options of how to do that one with a. this just sounds scary oh it was awesome it was (laughs) killer dude i loved it one of the options was to use an unregulated phantom power so that's 48 volts just straight up there's contacts these screws that you can hit clear yeah exactly and he's like that one's gonna arc a little all right cool the next idea is you can fire the organ up, and if you use the B-plus out of the power supply, it's about 200 volts. Oof. And he's like, that one's going to spark a lot, but you'll never have the problem again. It'll take another 75 years for the issue. And I so, went, okay, so that's over my pay grade, dude. I'd, clean it good. Yeah, and of course, he's like, now remember, the entirety of the organ is on, so everything's hot. I'm like, right. well, yeah, 200 volts is way more. Like, is there a I'm-not-going-to-kill-myself version of this? Is
0: there a non-heart-stopping Yeah,
1: it was awesome. He goes, oh, sure, that's easy. Three, nine volts, here's how you connect them, here's where you go. And he's like, it's just enough typically to kick them off there. Now, it might be a Band-Aid. It might last you three days, might last you three months, could last you 30 years. You just don't know. So I shocked her up, I did the whole thing, and, you know, it's just a minor arcing. I'm kind of like, is this even doing anything? We fired it up. Oh, she was <laughs> back. It was so good. So See, that's amazing. That's awesome, you can't do that with something you buy today. No, man, I can't do that to a plug-in, bro. Now, mind no. you, it's never going to get there, but those imperfections are what right. offer the greatest uh, character to recordings and to the recording process. Right. So, you introduced
0: character. Um, yeah. You're sitting across from me. Now, would you have brought your guitar if I didn't mention
1: it? So, I've joked with city council here. I'm, very involved in Batavia. I'm the president of Batavia Main Street, going into my third year there and uh, as as president and now my fourth year on the board. Wow. And I've joked with city council council multiple times that I feel more comfortable talking with a guitar in my hands. So okay, I may show up at council one night with the guitar in my nice. hands just because nice. um I'm I'm that mixed. Uh, I'm certainly. Not afraid to talk and jive and and total extrovert, but at the same time the introvert comes out when I when I don't have a guitar in my hands. So well,
0: I'm, I'm glad, glad you closer. brought it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that little lady?
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. So speaking, we we talked about uh the beginning of the studio and in, in my folks' basement and uh, we talked about my college kind of launch, my graduation present was this gorgeous, the highest end ovation that i could purchase oh wow interesting guitar as as a novice guitar player at that point it was only really into my first year or year and a half of trying to be a guitarist it was very playable played like an electric i dug that it had the weird bowl back it was kind of like futuristic vibe they and,
0: have nice low actions too oh and it sure. played like
1: yeah like a dream initially and three months down the line the neck immediately had a problem it started yeah it started to look like a the Snake River Man. So, I took it back. They sent it off to Ovation. They replaced the neck, bolt-on neck, so you can do that. And they shipped it back. The next one did the same thing. And I finally went back and went listen. I love the look. I love the playability. But this is inconsistent. What? What, what can we do? Well, dude, uh, I'll I'll help you out. You've been very patient with us. You've been a great customer, and and I stepped up, quid wise to, to to afford the guitar <laughs> that we bought. I had already played a Taylor and a Martin and some awesome instruments at that point and went, dude, the ovation is nothing compared to those things. Again, wood has imperfections. The the, the grain is just not perfect, and yet each one speaks in its own voice because of it. So I started wandering around the store and found this particular. This is a Taylor 510 CE, and it was on the wall for a while. It had some nicks and dings, and I loved it. Immediately, I knew it was my guitar. Of course, going up to the the counter with it, going, well, I had that guitar. Now I want this guitar. And they're like, well, we're going to need that money. (laughs) (laughs) And I went, that's no problem. Let's figure it out, whatever I have to do. And uh, now this guitar to me is, this was 99. So we're coming up on uh, a long life together. and, And I see a much longer one in its future. So like we talked about before the microphones were on, this thing has been, uh through hell and high water right it's it's been out on the boat it's gone camping it's been on huge stages uh it has been recorded on so many people's albums and nice. and demos and and everybody who gets a chance to play it says the same thing I it's it's not perfect but it's exactly what it needs. so it's
0: almost 20 years old yeah it probably is 20 years old it, yeah it's it certainly
1: manufactured yeah. in in 97 98 somewhere in there so it's at least 20 years old but 20 to me um I've replaced a whole bunch of stuff on it in the past. And I used to be a junkie about strings, right? I'd change my strings once a week when I was gigging a lot with it. Uh, and now I've kind of gone the other way to go, dude, if it stays in tune, I'm happy yeah, with it. Yeah, I never
0: was in love with new strings. Not that I'm anywhere near the guitarist that it's, you are. Well, I well, like old
1: strings. You're, you're talking yourself down, brother. You know, I uh, I, no, you I like strings. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can hand you the guitar. Everybody else has no. played it. Uh-uh. <laughs> Uh, I like strings on day 2. Day 1 they're super bright, they're a little harsh. Uh day 2, they've sat there a little while, they've stretched, you've tuned and retuned. Uh they've got a little bit of grease on them. That's where they work in. Yeah. I don't like strings that are I can still admit this. I don't like strings that are 6 months old and rubber bands. That's uh, okay. That's funky. Well, six so there's months like an for in between you is a lot of playing time. <laughs> exactly. Though, right? Exactly. And when you have 40 guitars trying to change strings <laughs> every couple of weeks is maybe a challenge and not a part of the budget every two weeks i have found myself i will admit this i confess this to the world i found myself where a guitar breaks a string and then like six months later that string is still broken because you're like well grab another les paul that's right i have yeah it's fine we're cool let's go to that one people will record with me and then come back and be like dude i broke that string six months ago (laughs) what's going on um i didn't take the 10 minutes to get that you should Dumb. have replaced it when you broke it. <laughs> yeah, that makes you know that could be a new like piece of policy at Waveform. That's right. You break the string, you replace the string. Right. Because otherwise, I'll, it I'll won't buy happen. The string. Oh, I'm glad to pay I'll buy for the, the string, string. You put it on. Just put it on. Because yeah. if you don't spend the two minutes to do it, I probably won't for two months, man. So, anyways, it's an uh, unforgiving chore. Uh, yeah, I love this guitar, man, and uh, and she's got new strings right now. Uh, because I played that gig a couple weeks ago at Kiss the Sky. A chance to... Man, I haven't played a solo gig like that in two years, dude. And and actually, I was so unprepared, really? I just walked up. Gosh,
0: time's so... Well, you were unprepared, and also you were up until 3 o'clock the night before with, yeah, the, with yeah. the live gig. We did have a, a
1: live sound event the night prior, yeah, and that was a long gig, man. That was one of those 10 a.m. to 3 in the morning type of deals, right? So I was spent. I was tired... Had another performance, of course. I'm the, the creative arts director at Rejoice in Geneva. Yeah, and so had the Sunday gig in the morning and then performed with Functional Family later on that Sunday night. That was a busy weekend. Yeah, it was a great weekend. You kidding me? I was fired up, man. Um, So let's talk a little bit about your
0: recording, or not your recording style, your live performance style. You sure. have a little bit of a unique,
1: uh, I feel like
0: it's unique. Maybe it's not, but you can I, tell us about it. I do
1: think it is. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, the best person I would, would, would say that, um, uh, you can kind of get that vibe off of, right? It's, it's a looper based thing. Um, so the Ed Sheeran thing, right? And I was doing it well before it was an Ed Sheeran thing, which is kind of neat, man. I
0: thought you were going to go Timmy Reynolds.
1: Uh, Well, there's plenty of, plenty of people, (laughs) but I want to go to somewhere where people can go, oh yeah, I've heard that on the radio. My crowd's a little older. Yeah, fair enough. You could say Tim Reynolds. Okay. Tim Reynolds is fine. (laughs) I listen to a lot of that too. (laughs) Dave was awesome with Tim. So a lot of those bootlegs I grew up listening to, man. That was the stuff that oh, got me doing. Now this. you're making me feel old. Yeah, sorry, man. It's cool. <laughs> it's like that. Uh so my performance style. Uh it's certainly guitar heavy. I I try to form a band experience out of one person. So the song often is built in a way where I can perform an entirety of a tune and grow it. There's a, I do vocal beatboxing now. I'll use components of the guitar or the microphone to actually scratch on or smack or pop to create rhythm, uh, and then build a bass line around that often. And that gig you saw was actually kind of like the pared-down version of me because I chose to just bring the acoustic. Typically, I'm a junkie, and I bring a keyboard. I bring a oh, bass, and so I you'll swap you'll lay down around. a
0: track and then record that yeah. and then just build and build with and different and build and build and
1: build all the way around. So next thing you know, there's literally a bass part, a drum part. There's keys. There's a, a rhythm part. And then I'll swap over to an electric so I can play the song, sing. Uh, and there is a, a major vocal focus. I try to emphasize harmony. Uh, and I'm trying, as I continue to grow in this, to be really loose, to be really open about the vocal stuff.
0: So, all right, vocal, that's really good. So no, no traditional vocal training,
1: um, or yes? I can't entirely say that. I did study with a vocal coach here, someone who has been pivotal in my musical life and in my vocational life. Uh, I studied when I was in high school with a woman by the name of Dory Irwin-Collins, again strangely on Jefferson here in this neighborhood in the hood <laughs> I don't know what it is about West Side Batavia but I think this is where I'm meant to be it's amazing it is amazing it, there's just like something that feels like home over here Yes. Uh, Dory kicked my butt I was not a vocal student through uh, middle school, high school, all of that and in my junior year of high school I said I can play jazz I can play bass I'm going to be a vocal major yeah yeah, just, just 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 because. Well, I figured if I'm if I can do the other stuff and I'm already gigging and making money, why am I going to study that? I'm going to work on the thing that's going to help me grow. All right, all right, I can see that. Okay. So there was some flaws in that plan, <laughs> <laughs> but I can see it. Yeah. It's a solid plan. Yeah. And it was it was a it was a realistic plan. So I had I had performed theater in high school, not well, I'm a terrible actor, but I could sing. <laughs> uh, I was in show choir and terrible dancer, but I could sing. Uh, was accepted into the honors all state choir my senior year the the one year I tried okay, out for. So you it.
0: totally do have pre vocal chops. So there was vocal okay. chops
1: going into all of this. Unfortunately, given the way all state worked at that time, I I could only be in all state honors jazz band or all state honors choir. Couldn't do both. So of course I focused on the band that that still got me my scholarship. Uh, but I was accepted as a vocal major at Northern, uh, and it was because of the basic vocal instruction that Dory Collins had given me. Uh, again, the lack of desire to learn the other languages and to really get into the intellectual component of being a vocal major stopped me. Maybe if they had a, um, a a contemporary vocal program out there. Right. That I may have hung on to. Uh, but once again, back to the rules.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) That just wasn't going to fly, dude. That wasn't what it's about. I, I just want to sing. I, I carry I this instrument it. with me everywhere, so let it go. Dude. I think I can see why you and Caroline get along so well. The, oh yeah, the We're, lack of rules. We are rule breakers, man, <laughs> and and life is much more fun because there's rules, because then I get to break them. Yes, exactly. Right. So yeah, I, uh, I I have basic coaching experience, but it came down to how. How can I give the most authentic performance? I've, I still today hate the sound of my voice. I may not listen to this podcast because of the tone of my own voice. Oh,
0: no. I think you'll really... I'm hoping you'll enjoy it. I'm I sure I will. I love the so conversation,
1: right. but I still hate my tone of my voice. Yet so. you
0: do loop-based performance, right. which is recordings of your voice. The crazy thing is, is like on the fly, you're like, all right, here's the bass vocal track all right, and here's my own harmony, yeah. and then here's my solo riff over that, and I'm just like, uh, I can't even process. Thank
1: you. I it's appreciate the, it's the, beautiful. the mojo and the observation of what I do. And and it's for me, it's like living in the recording studio, but in a live setting. That's the alignment, right? Oh. Is that the things I'm doing there, I think the same way as a producer in that moment. And then try to make it happen. Now the looseness is—it's a loop, so I've only got so much to work with. Again, right. the limitations bring out the cool stuff.
0: And right? the, the impeccable sense of timing, uh, the incredible grasp on musical vocabulary—I mean, it's just like that's just like <laughs> mind blown to watch this happen right in front of your eyes. I'll,
1: I'll write a check to to thank you for all of these kind words if after you, we're done here. If, so, if you thank
0: haven't you. seen a a well done loop based performance. Uh, you got to get out and find one because it's it's crazy to witness.
1: It is insane. It as I joked at at every gig and, and probably at Kiss the Sky. It terrifies my wife because now there's like 19 Patricks. Yes, <laughs> it's it really is a dangerous thing, but I I do love producing a live performance that way because all of a sudden this power starts growing from the stage and it's interesting how. I catch people's attention as the performance goes along because this thing swells and it's those moments where you can drop out and go back to just a solo voice and a guitar. Those are the hot moments because all of a sudden you hit that one big button. Boom, you're back in, you're reengaged and the band shows up and they're all there. There's dudes singing. And uh, what I've tried to get into vocally, going back to that idea is to be loose about it and to get a bit more guttural and there are parts of my harmonizing now where I'm really definitive. Here's my root, my third, my fifth, my color tone. There's other spots where I'm just like hollering. It's almost like these chant-type things where all of a sudden something is just a, a it's just a, a contextual piece now. It becomes a synthesizer or some other like right
0: another instrument. element. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: no longer the voice, right? And that's the stuff that I really am trying to loosen up to. The producer in me wants form and function and clarity and perfection. I'm a huge perfectionist. Haven't noticed that, right? (laughs) (laughs) And so to let go of that and even that performance, I I joked that day. I I covered a blues tune that I really, really love. Really love. uh, Before You accuse Me, right? Uh, And, dude, I sang it totally in the wrong key. (laughs) Totally in the wrong key. Before You accuse Me. I'm down here and I'm like, well... We've come too far, dude. Let's just go. Let's Which is see so what funny, happens. Because
0: most people like overshoot. Like they start way too high. And right, then they get exactly. then they hit the ceiling and they're like, oh shit, that's not gonna yeah,
2: happen. Yeah, we are stuck <laughs> now, man. Well, and dude, I went, All right, I'm here.
1: Let's live with it and let's figure out what we do. And so I gave you my best Patrick James sings BB King thing going on. And I went, oh, okay, that, that's something. Let's see what happens. Can we kick the octave? And there it was. It felt right
0: that was so I, funny I, I did have a little dog head cock thing to the side and then when you said that then i'm like yeah i knew something was different that's
1: why that's <laughs> totally what happened yeah you know oh, and, that's hilarious but that's live that's yeah. awesome you just go with it and it was it, was it was beautiful it. it was great it's cool man it's cool and i played instead of in the key of a i played in the kiwi e, and i love the key of e. i'm a guitar player man all them open strings baby you got some cool things you can do it makes with it a little easier yeah yeah man <laughs> Yeah, so I, I, I love performing with a looper uh, because it's this, even cover tunes have to become their own thing in order to work with the structure of a yeah. looper, and yet it creates a whole brand new freedom. Uh, it does freak people out sometimes. I'll play gigs and get a loop going and then walk off the stage, and nobody will notice until I'm standing next to them right. like, hey, how you doing?
2: <laughs> hey, oh, where'd you go? Yeah, well, uh, okay, cool. How you doing that?
1: So it's a good time, man It's, uh, it's I re- a whole other thing I really liked Watchtower Watchtower was great Thank you that was Yeah, cool. that's a fun arrangement it's One of my
0: faves anyway But man, just to have it uh, You did another one that was really good, too uh, You did uh...
1: I think I did knocking on Heaven's Door Yes, that like that one That's a good one Did you do a Marley one, too? I don't think I did Marley that particular day, but what did I I did do something that kind of ended up having a little bit of that kind of vibe and and a little bit of the the Patrick Reggae thing. What was that? See, I don't even know. I came so like I'm I wanted to be able to live in that moment uh, I think and just totally play did. and be there and that to me is now if I'm looking for so going back on the jaded part of myself, right? That's the musical expression stuff that is just perfect to not be Intentional to not be structured. I brought my song list and and kept swiping through. Right. Nah, flipping, nah, flipping. nah, Oh yeah, I love that tune. Let's do that. That's awesome, dude. And and everything else I've done in my musical life of recent years is to be the person who's bringing order to lunatic musicians, bands, and and solo artists that are like, well, I've got all these ideas. Cool. Help shape them, draw them together, and be intentional and be focused. And in my own self, it's like, yeah, let go, baby. <laughs> yeah, just be there. That was cool. That's fun. And I look forward to doing more of it. I'm back there again in May, and I wish I could give you the definitive date. He'll put it into the, the links later on because need to
0: get you outside. I can't remember. On a sunny, nice, warm evening. Oh, yeah. There will be more of beverages.
1: that. There will be more of that. I went from playing two, three times a week several years ago to playing none currently. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, and youngins that's will do that. That's too. the yeah. The 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 vocational thing, the kid, the family life. And I love my daughter, my daughter, June, going to be four this summer. Uh, my son, Levi, now one years old, uh, my amazing and beautiful wife, Jana, who somehow supports me through all of this and uh, and is an amazing mama when I'm not there. And and that's that's just part of what it is, right? It's part of the team. Yeah, that's it. To do. Yeah, ships passing in the night, but really, you know, backing it, each other up while we're doing better. it. It gets better. Yeah, I've I heard me. that. I'm it down with back. that.
0: back. It gets back to being married. I'm down with that. I look
1: forward to that. As long right. as she doesn't kick me out before yeah.
0: <laughs> I think you're good. I think you're good. All if right. not,
1: I got the waveform thing to land at, so it's cool. You can sleep plan. there for sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right, I got two questions for you. Sure. Only one of them you can say no to. Okay. The first question is, this a question I ask everyone at the end of the podcast. Great. Who is someone that you and I know that you think might be good for this podcast?
1: Ooh, someone that we both know that I think would be good for this podcast. Uh, I guaranteedly would say Jamie Sam. If you haven't Ooh, right. if you haven't brought Jamie Sam in yet, you're nope. missing. All right, Jamie's so, definitely on the list. Yeah, then. Jamie Sam is the executive director of Batavia Main Street. Uh, she had a a political career as an alderman here in the city of Batavia. Uh, she and her husband Doug are the owners of Bulldog Plumbing yeah, and Yeah, that's a good call. Definitely. Yeah, they're 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 amazing community advocates. Uh, the the sense of of art and organization at the same time out of Jamie she makes organization artful
0: yeah I'm a huge fan awesome huge yep. fan of Jamie totally all right very cool all right last question uh, would you play us out with something this would be a first time on the podcast yeah I sure non canned music but, yeah uh,
1: speaking of being unprepared I uh, I did not. Practice this on purpose today, but I did think of a song that has not seen the light of day. Ooh. It used to get performed. I had a band that that dug around the area here, and I still make music with these guys uh, through Rejoice and at the studio a lot. Um, so this is a tune called "Monsters" that my band Word of Mouth used to play all the time. And we have no idea if
0: the guitar is going to pick up on the mic, but we'll
1: see. Yeah, we can figure that out later, can't? Uh, we? you know what? I'm going to turn my mic. Yeah, there we go. Oh, look at that. It'll get some mojo. It's good
2: enough. I got monsters in my closet Though they don't seem to scare me that much You got skeletons, we've all got them Though they don't come around much Sometimes, I don't trust this world at all. Sometimes, I don't trust myself too small. I got this scarecrow in my backyard. Though it don't seem to scare me that much You've been working You said so hard But I don't see you sweating that much Sometimes I don't trust this world At all Sometimes I don't trust myself Too small Got this old dog Laying by me He don't bark at all that much You've been working You said so hard, but you're not sweating me that much. Sometimes I don't trust this world at all. Sometimes I don't trust myself too small.
0: Dude, that was awesome. Thanks, brother. I think I might have to have you on every week now. We could do that. <laughs> this is really fun. We might be on to something here.
1: Uh, let's do it. I, it turns out we've we've got some studios in the area. We could make this happen.
0: Definitely. All right, so one last thing. This isn't a question. This is a statement. I always reserve the right to recall a witness or a guest. Awesome. Because I know there was a lot of stuff we didn't cover. Yeah, man. Um, We're about an hour and... Uh, 13 minutes in with the song, take five minutes out for that. How'd that feel? Did it go fast? Did it go slow? Did it?
1: You know what, dude? This, uh, you know, recorded therapy session actually is brilliant. I think I'm going to rebook anyways to keep going. We've got a lot more to say.
0: Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you. And we'll do this again very soon.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, everybody.
0: Oh, my God. How cool was that? Uh... Having Pat in the studio yesterday, uh, office, we'll call it studio. Uh, It was just a blast. Uh, Golly, I'd love to do that almost every day, and I can just listen to that song over and over and over again. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And uh, I think we're going to branch out a little bit, and I don't know, maybe add some elements of music like that to more episodes. I guess it all just depends on what my amazing friends are amazing at. So tune in next week or maybe a little bit after a week to see who's next. Thanks.